What's your favorite brewery in Spokane? Stop. <laughs> uh, uh, just on the beer alone. Okay, just on the beer alone, yeah. probably Brick. Brick West? Yeah. Favorite location? I, I like No Lies location better, mm-hmm. generally. Brick West, they got a lot of real estate out there, man. They do, so there's two problems with that. First, there's no parking. Fair. Um, and then second off, uh, that space, their patio space, is, is actually not theirs. That's a partnership with the city. The city, it's like a park, essentially, and the city allows them. Okay, because I always wondered how they, yeah. Right, because that's been there before they were there. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I, I would agree with that. Um, I like a few, I don't really care about the, well, the space is important, I guess, in general, but I do like Brick West. Yeah, we're just going by the, uh, yeah, I'm just. They've, they've done it the right way. Brick West and No Lie both have done it the right way. What's interesting, mm-hmm. actually, is the marketing guy for Brick West used to be the marketing guy for No Lie. So that's really makes sense. Yeah. Oh. That's why they have both have great giveaways and do great things. All, All right. right. I heard we have some shock tickets to give away later. I'm pretty excited about that. Ooh. We'll, uh, we'll keep you guys in the loop. See how we, you know, I'll decide how we give those away, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, but it might be. Your friends are just going to be hooked up for the rest of the season. They might, you know. They, they actually might, and that's, that's fine. Um, if they're going to be the ones to watch, then, then that's the way it's going to go, I guess. Uh, hey, McWhippy's back. Too bad he's not Whoa, from Spokane. Whoa, uh, what's up? Yeah, that's pretty exciting. The uh, return of the king. Yeah, he is back, ready to, uh, ready to roll here. Wait, shit. I didn't see our lower thirds. What would you come up with? He hasn't know. said what your names are yet. I mean, oh, that's a great got, point. I probably I, mean, I don't, I don't even that. know who you guys are. I probably should say who we are. Ah, I guess this is bad. this is the locker room. I'm your host, Justin Reed, with Andrew Tenney here alongside. This is produced by Spokane Talks and presented to you by Lucky Bird and Windermere Services Mountain West. Thrilled to have him here, as always. Not you, but our sponsors mm-hmm. and anyone else watching. You, I can. I don't really care <laughs> about. You can find us obviously here on Facebook, which is where most people are watching us right now. YouTube and all streaming sites, but specifically Spotify. We like Spotify on the show. But not Apple. Not Apple. Those people suck. Got do, you, an iPhone. do you have Spotify premium? I, yeah. I mean, I pay 10 bucks a month. Is that so, premium yeah. now? I don't know. Did I it mean, used to be called premium? It's always been premium, I think. Okay, because I got it back in like 2015. I don't know if it was just Spotify at the time or if there was like an echelon of subscription. I think there's only one. Anyway. Spotify Listen to us after the show. If you miss any part of the show, we will be on Spotify after this broadcast. So tell me more about this Lucky Bird. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can not butcher it this time yeah, for really, the 52nd week. 52nd week. Yep. 50 second week. yep. Uh, show number 52. Yep. This show, as always, sponsored by Lucky Bird, a Spokane-based e-commerce and digital marketing company dedicated to helping local companies scale in the online world of e-commerce and digital marketing. We always want you guys to visit LuckyBirdBrands.com to have a down-to-earth, no-pressure conversation about your digital marketing and e-commerce strategies. Nicely done. Better than last week. Way better than last week. Yep. Much, much better. Uh, how many people do we have watching right now? All right, we could. We should probably. I like people calling in. I think that's. I think that adds some excitement. Like actually calling in. Yeah, like last time, but okay. not yet. But we will. We will do it here. Uh, later on in the show, stick with us here. First off, uh, we are going to go over some. Number 52 players. Did you come up with any? So, uh, again, I always just do this off the top of my head. Right. And I, I didn't think you were going to come up with this one. I thought this one was a little bit more obscure, but I was just like Brock Coyle. Yeah, I love Brock Coyle. He was a grizzly, right? Exactly. So yeah. that, that's why I know because my buddy Josh Geiger went to Montana. Mm-hmm. So he was drafted. It's like, oh, my God, this guy goes to the same school as me. I went to the same school as me. And it's like, well, you started out in Montana State. <laughs> so you were, you, he was, you were a cat before you were a grizz. So it doesn't really count. But I do, I do love me some Brock Coyle. 
Um, let's get a photo. And I think Barrett Rude, I think, Number was supposed to wear 52 before Bobby beat him out in training camp in 2012. Potentially. Because we signed him from the Titans. And that was going to be our middle Bobby linebacker. Middle linebacker. And mm-hmm. Bobby came out. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. So. The Mariners actually have had a, a pretty decent amount of number 52s. Uh, we'll start off with Heathcliff Slocum, probably my, my favorite. Uh, old guy, has a, uh, you know, the classic, like, baseball card look, you know, mm. what you're going to, you know, when you're looking at a guy. Um, I love me some Heathcliff Slocum. Uh, George Sherrill, our closer for a while. That was, that was big time. Uh, if I remember right, he came from the Orioles. Sounds about right. Carlos Silva who was awesome for the Twins, came yes, to the Mariners and yes, sucked. Yes. Like he was, oh, there's good old Heath Slocum. I wish they would have put his, his full name on there. There's Heath Slocum there. That's a great look. It is a great look. Uh, what a name, too. Like that's probably yeah. arguably one of the top names in Mariners history. He was there for a few years. Um, Carlos Ruiz, big Carlos Ruiz guy, catcher, only there for a few years. Um, I, do, uh, I do miss Carlos Ruiz. And then Nick, currently, I'm going to butcher his last name. Nick Margiv. Oh, man. I just listened to the pronunciation before the show. Nick Margiv. Oh, man. Margiv. Margivish. Margivish. Oh, there's, there's, uh, there's our boy Carlos. Carlos Marie's. Silva right there. He kind of oh. looks constipated there. High quality stuff. High quality, <laughs> George. There's George Cheryl. There we go. That's actually a nice photo. It looks awfully doctored because I don't remember his face being. Dude, looking there. at all these guys makes me depressed. Just seeing anybody in a Mariners uniform is just like, yeesh. Right there's Nick. I'm sorry, Nick, for butchering your name. It's just like, actually I couldn't even say your name. I didn't even try. You know they didn't even sniff success. Yeah, no, unfortunately. Wow, that's that's awesome though. Uh, all right. Well, as the description shows, we Seattle Kraken now have a team. The 2021 Seattle Kraken expansion draft happened yesterday, 5 o'clock. I missed it. That was awesome. Sure did. You missed it as well. That was awesome. I at least knew it was happening, and one of my coworkers was listening to the broadcast live and was giving me updates. Um, and then he kept telling me names of people that I didn't know. Where were you like, working last night? Manto. Oh, so that's he just like had it in his ear? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there's the full amount of picks. There were 30 of them. Kraken had the option of picking from every single team except for the Vegas Golden Knights, who were, were given an exemption for this, considering they are a decently new team, four years old. A uh, lot of interesting picks. Um, pretty conservative overall. Ron Francis in his seven-year uh, time at the helm of uh, Carolina. There we go. Uh, pretty conservative guy. Very, very conservative here. A lot of defense over the offense. They spent, I think it's the bottom... 10 in the league as far as offensive spending go, but they're top eight as far as defensive spending goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why those numbers don't quite add up is they've only spent like 50 of the 80 million uh, that they have to spend. So they have almost 25 million left to spend in free agency and some other side deals that have yet to be announced between the other teams. So they, uh, which means they barely eclipsed, they, they had to eclipse a certain percentage of the salary cap. It's like 60% they had to spend on the expansion draft and uh, they barely hit that mark. So they, the term you're going to hear a lot is weaponizing the cap. And so they have plenty of money left to spend moving forward. Some of the big names that they passed on were Carey Price, Vladimir Tarasenko, James Van... God, that's the problem with hockey, too, is you're mm-hmm. getting all these French names uh, and Russian names in there. Uh, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Adam Henrique, and Max Domi. A lot of big names that were passed over there. Casey Price, the goalkeeper for the Canadians, who had a great year. Carey. But he's 34. 
with I think one of, if not the largest cap hits for a goalie. Plus, he has going to have injury concern. Yeah, right. Exactly. So he may not be ready. Tarasenko had uh, a great year as always, um, but pretty conservative overall. People were pretty lukewarm. Uh, did you have any time to look at some of the picks? Did anyone stand out so much for you? No, because I don't know any of these guys. I did not make That's the pledge fair. like you did last year to, you know, get into hockey. I think I might have to make it this fall right. to join alongside you and become a real crackhead. So, yeah, it sounds like nice. they took a lot of defensemen, a lot of yeah. big, hard-hitting, rough players, which it sounds like there's an abundance of. So yeah. I don't know if they're going to like leverage those guys in on the trade market. Obviously, this is far from what the final roster is going to look right. like. Like you mentioned, they still have almost $30 million in salary cap. Yep. And they have the – or did they get to participate in the they, NHL draft? They have the second overall pick. Okay. And that, that's so, happening, I think, Saturday. So there's that. And, yeah, the free agency and just the offseason and all right. the transactions that um, are going to be on the table to be had and made um, – no, but there, there was nobody. <laughs> there right. was nobody. No, there. what's interesting is probably the best pick of the night, just as far as pure talent, uh, flexibility, uh, was from Tampa Bay and Yanni Gord. Mm -hmm. uh, Two-way player. He's only 5'9", 173. So what's interesting about him uh, is he's a small guy, too. Tyler Johnson also plays on Tampa. Both are small guys. Uh, Gord's just a little bit better. Um, actually, a lot of it better. He's had a really great career. Um, so if you look at some of those stats there, uh, you know, as far as, as his shooting, where he's coming from in the slot, he loves sitting there in the slot, uh, which makes sense for his size. Again, he's able to sit in there and uh, just kind of sneak back behind um, as far. And for again, for his size, the fact that he's able uh, to win the puck, ba the puck back like he is 17th there in the league, um, as well as the loose puck re recoveries, which kind of makes sense considering his size and is most likely his speed. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting to watch uh, for him moving forward uh, is just how his size translates to the Kraken. And if, you know, not being surrounded by a, uh, you know, a stacked Tampa Bay team, if he can continue uh, these sort of stats moving forward. Uh, the goalie here, Chris Dreiger, uh, came from Florida. Uh, younger guy, which is, is nice. Um, had a kind of, he wasn't the starter per se, but he came back and forth, had a very impressive uh, if you can see some of those stats, their goals uh, against average save percentage, both of which are upper echelon in the league. Um, really good stats. Uh, here, as you can see, he had the best save percentage of the goalies available to the Seattle expansion draft. And uh, he's 21-9-4 and four in his 38 regular season games that he started. Uh, will instantly step in and become Seattle's starting goalie. Uh, also on a pretty... Uh, cap friendly deal which is nice to see because again if you're looking forward and just the flexibility to be able uh, to weaponize the cap like Ron Francis has said is important uh, he just said again though he only has 38 uh, career NHL starts um, but he uh, he essentially is was going to be the starter for Florida um, moving forward they just couldn't protect him and so that was nice to see for Seattle gives you kind of build. It seems like the NHL really likes to build from the back front, which is kind of different in a lot of leagues. You know, scoring is up for sure, uh, and uh, but in the NHL, the defense is still key. You know, something pretty well happened in Seattle last time they focused on defense, so that that was nice to see. Uh, let's go ahead and toss that that other pick up there. Uh, Jordan Eberle there um, is an offensive guy. You know, this is a pure offensive guy. 5'11", 187, 31 years old, kind of right in that sweet spot of of the prime, even in hockey. Um, he does have a decently high cap hit for being 31, five and a half million through 2024. Uh, but he should be, should be on the first line for Seattle. Uh, 
New York had a couple guys you were able to pick here. Um, but there in New York, um, head coach Barry Trotz's uh, just kind of strategy was very defensive heavy. And so now moving forward, we'll see if Jordan Eberle can kind of wake up in a potentially a little bit more aggressive offense. Well, you know, obviously we have no idea what Seattle's going to try it out there on the first game of the season. Uh, we had one more pick that we were going to toss up there, right? Oh, right, of course. How could I get, forget Mark Giordano? 37 years old, instantly becomes a Seattle Kraken captain. This is a guy you don't want to mess with. Um, he will instantly kind of toughen this team up. Uh, will also kind of act as the old man in the room at 37. He's definitely kind of on the tail end of his, of his career, but uh, he could still play, which is really nice to see. Uh, nine goals in 56 games last year, and uh, there is only one year left on his on his deal. So moving forward, to have that flexibility of being able to move on once he kind of you know uh, gives some of that knowledge to this Kraken uh, team, which is definitely young. Uh, that's why they're able to save so much money. They have a lot of young guys running around. Uh, but one that was very obvious to pick from the Flames, pretty much everybody mocked him going to Seattle. So uh, what was interesting, he's never been drafted before. He was an undrafted oh, guy. Wow. So this was the first time he thanks. Yeah, I was like, thanks At for 37. drafting me. Yeah, thanks nice. for drafting me finally. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting, actually. Um, we have some video here of some of the picks. They were done all over Seattle. Um, Space Needle, Pike's Place. I think they did one at Climate Pledge. I mean, they were all over the place. Uh, multiple Seattle stars, Kyle Lewis, Marshawn, they all had some uh, some picks to announce. We'll play a couple of videos here of some of the picks because it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, it's nice to see them really use, utilizing the Seattle flair. Oh wow! Oh, are you? Oh, are you serious? Yeah, that's that's Macklemore, man. Wow, he uh, that doesn't even look like old Macklemore. Oh, that I looks saw that like, guy. I never. Oh the, my god, that looks like like Central American fused Macklemore. I told you it didn't. It doesn't look anything like you remember him. So this is, of course, you know, the classic. Whoa! If you're gonna do something in Seattle, you got to do Pike's Place for sure. Yeah, of course. They still have more fish, which again, I guess, makes sense considering a kraken is a fish in some regard, right? On Monday, the uh, Bachelorette tried to replicate Pike's Place Market. Um, yeah, isn't she from Washington? Yeah, State? she's from Renton. That's unfortunate. Yeah, who wants to be from Renton? Not her. So she says Seattle. That's fair. So pretty cool. I wish I would have, I'll probably go back and watch mo most of that broadcast because that, that was something I did really want to watch, but I was unable to, unfortunately. So essentially now, as we mentioned, uh, first year player draft will be on Saturday. Seattle has the second overall pick. Free agency opens in some regard, I think on Sunday, and uh, there will be plenty of time for Seattle to bolster their offense. Their defense appears pretty well set. Uh, it's their offense, their centers and their wings, but specifically their centers that are actually having some problems uh, as far as depth. So, uh, yeah, that's the Kraken for you. I feel like you know the team. It, now I do, four, yeah. Four the players, for sure. Yeah, this was, this was all on you. Thank you for carrying the weight of that load. Yeah. And uh, this time next year, I'll be able to... Uh, You'll be ready? Yep. Yeah, they, they just, they, you know, they really went kind of soft on, on offense, which is fine. You know, I feel like the flexibility to be able to spend on free agency on some of these offensive guys will be important. Uh, we'll see if they get more aggressive because a lot of people were expecting more aggression from them in the expansion draft. They didn't quite get that, uh, you know, passing on some of those older guys like Price and Tarasenko. Uh, but that's all right. It gives them, again, they can weaponize the cap, which is what Ron Francis, I guess, said like a dozen times yesterday when he was oh, really? talking about. <laughs> yeah, so that is definitely going to be his term moving forward. Uh, so, yeah. The jerseys look absolutely fire, though. Oh, that's right. The jerseys. Yeah, let's yeah, take a look at these jerseys. Say, I, I can comment on those. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Can, Go Pretty ahead. good out of 10.
Yeah, those are sick. Is it pretty good out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually... I like your rating system. I think that's a very... I think more people should adopt that rating system. They, they probably should just words instead of numbers, but also... I don't know numbers. what falls below or above it, but it's pretty good out of 10. interesting they picked number 32 for whatever reason. You know why? Uh, 30 both. second team in the NHL. Ah, there you go. That'll uh-huh. do it. Uh, which, which one do you like better? I might like the aways better. I... Yeah, I think I might as well, actually. I mean, they're both really good. Like, they I would are. love to have both, but I shouldn't because I only have one Seahawks jersey and I can't have two Kraken jerseys. I hope that they that have home like an jersey alternate is clean. Jersey. It, it, they both are very clean. Um, I don't know what the NHL refers to as like their alternate jerseys or their city edition right. or whatever, like the NBA calls it. Yep. Um, but I got to imagine one of them is going to incorporate that alternate logo that has the S slithering around the right. Space Needle anchor. Yep. Which is incredible. I mean, the design for everything on, yeah. The Kraken did a great job with their color scheme, with their style. And, yeah, both those jerseys are going to be in uh, high demand. I think the the home jerseys go on sale. Sweaters. Sweaters. They are sweaters. Sweaters. You're right. They are not jerseys. Uh, That is the very. Speaking of sweater, you know who could have used a goddamn sweater last night? Sean Kemp. Did you see the visual of Sean Kemp? No. Oh, yes. Uh, He was in, like, an extra small T-shirt and... The blunts and the henny that he's been consuming since he... <laughs> the he, first headline I see, pray for the t-shirt Sean Kemp was wearing. <laughs> Dude, he just looks so <laughs> rough. And then right next to him, Gary Payton looks like he's swimming in the t-shirt that he's wearing. So just like the contrast makes it even more rough to look at. But Sean, oh Sean, Sean. Oh my, that is every, Everyone's like the oh Kraken did man. Sean dir- uh, dirty. I was like, Sean did Sean dirty. <laughs> It, oh, it's no. bad. Anyway, we should have uh, provided that visual. Just know that it is something that is. Yeah, if you guys can find Sean Kemp, just toss sight. it up literally whenever that will just needs to be shown in any regard. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yo, oh, yes, yep. there is Sean. Oh, Sean, Rain Man, what is going on? I don't know what happened there. Like, I, who, sh- like, Gary should have stepped up and said, hey, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> Let's uh, let's swap shirts here. <laughs> let's rein it in a little bit here. Yeah, not great. That's hilarious. I did not see that. Yeah, no. Um, but I still love me some Sean Kemp, Gary mm-hmm. Payton action for sure. Uh, all right. Well, we have a new sponsor for the show. Oh, Windermere. Uh, Windermere Mountain. Sorry, Windermere Services Mountain West. Uh, they probably service over sixty mere Windermere offices in Eastern Washington, Idaho, Eastern Oregon, Montana. They are all in for our local communities. I want, oh my God. The first time reading it, you know, as, as we're reading through this here, there's a lot of words here. At Windermere Services Mountain West, relationships are the foundation of their business. Their mission is to be successful, team-oriented real estate professionals committed to exceeding expectations through exceptional customer service. They are Windermere. Windermere Services Mountain West is committed to the communities in which they live and work. They are all in for you. Thanks, Windermere. I actually do like Windermere. I always have. They put on a really cool th- uh, uh, race, like a run. Do oh, do downtown they? Spokane. Big sponsorship. I think it's like a big community donation uh, thing that Windermere does. Oh, so they're very nice. involved in the community. Windermere's a great company. Uh, if, you know, great time if you are looking for a house in Spokane. Actually, bad time, but great time to pick Windermere. I'm sure they can help you find all of your uh, real estate needs. Happy to have them on board. I am, I am sure of it. I also saw an interesting tweet um, about the Kraken. Uh, I don't even know who it was, but I just I looked, on, looked up Kraken on Twitter. And uh, there were a few women who were like, there are a lot of cute boys on the Kraken. I'm like... That's a weird way to describe it. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I can agree with that statement. I think they're pretty, uh, I don't think any hockey players like are that good looking because they're all missing teeth. <laughs> like yeah, they're literally all missing true. teeth and their faces are all battered from just years of getting t- smacked in the face with sticks. And, and they all grow their hair out even though there's only like, you know, 
right. a, a select percentage of them that actually, you know, their hair is conducive to wearing it. Right. Exactly. Such. Exactly. All right. So last week we uh, did our top five ESPN, current top five ESPN anchors. Uh, this we almost week, killed each other. Yeah, we almost killed each other. This one I think is going to be more friendly because I think so too. There's, there's a lot to pick from, but there's also not a lot to pick from. <laughs> and at the same time, there's just not a, it's just a really weird list for me when I was going through it. Uh, so now we have our top five ESPN personalities currently. So pretty much anybody except anchors we could have added to our lists here. Um, let's count down again. Yeah. So our, our Did you have an honorable mention? Yeah, okay, I did, okay, I did okay, pick cool. one. So mine's Dick Vitale. Is my honorable uh, mention. Just his, his longevity. Okay. Yeah. I do enjoy his, his broadcast tenacity. I really appreciate having, like, when he, when he calls a GU game, like, it's just fun. And I don't, I don't want him every single time, mm-hmm. but I, I love having him there because he just provides a different perspective with his energy. And this guy, Dick Vitale, is like in his 70s, right? That's, that's a him, really like that's, that's probably a, that's like a friendly 15 years ago. Yeah, that's a, yeah. He's 82. Wow. Yeah, he I would have looks said like, like 78. It, um, but that is a nice photo of him. It especially said four years different. What yeah. he, it looks like now. So that's my honorable mention. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention, and it's honestly solely because of the fact that I have a huge crush on her. So oh, here we when go. she catches wind of this, I feel yeah, bad sure. for her husband. Her. Uh, rip that marriage. Um, Laura Rutledge. And that's it. Interesting. I, I, yeah, no, I think Yeah, she's she she's an attractive woman for sure. She's she's great. I, I've said this multiple times because Wendy Nix used to be exactly Wendy Nix used to be the host and Wendy yeah. Nix wasn't bad. She was just right. like a lot of people, she was just doing the job. She yep. was there, she was vanilla, she didn't add anything, she didn't take away anything. Which is, from which it. is also important too. If if you're exactly if you're gonna take something away from the show, like you better be good at it. Like right. you, if if you're bad you at it, you better have job, like a reason for doing right. so. Mm-hmm. Or or you ruin it. And and she never ruined it and she was perfect for what she was doing. But yeah, Laura Rutledge does a very nice job on NFL Live. Yep. Thankfully, because that show is garbage. It's gotten pretty rough. It's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have hor- and we've talked about this, but they have horrible, absolutely horrible analysts on that show right now. Oh. Um, and it's not, it's not good. All right. Number five. I don't know if I love my list. Not I don't, I don't either. I don't, um, either. Adam Schefter is, is number so five. So I, I considered putting him on because I feel like go, I mean, go ahead. So I mainly because he is the best insider in sports. Exactly. Like he's better than Adrian Wojnarowski. Wod- exactly. mm-hmm. And like, there's nobody in the business who does what he does better than what Adam Schefter does. Like, it's actually incredible. I mean, he's always first. He, I mean, consistently beats Ian Rappaport. It's actually pretty funny because, like, if you go through, like, a timeline on tweets and you look at who announced the news first, it's always Adam Schefter. Ian Rappaport never beats him. I just um, think it's so strange that they look so similar to each other, too. Yeah, they do have similarities. They're, like, sure. the same person. Very similar people. But I, I just – and I also like Adam Schefter as an analyst, and I like when he was brought on to shows. I think it provides good perspective as well as nice insider information. He – he kind of pisses me off on Twitter. Like he, I've kind of yeah. Uh, he, he also needs to stop tweeting about other sports. Like it's like, oh that that drives me crazy. It's but, like he 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 like he'll retweet Adrian Wojnarowski and say like that's some analysis. Like stick to football. Well, like, somebody honestly. somebody will break something and then he'll quote tweet right, the exactly. broken news yeah. and then add like a very yeah. <laughs> unimportant and worthless, unrelevant yeah right. little fact to 100%. it so that and then he'll follow it being like breaking or broken by Schefter. Right. Just that little tidbit of it. And it's just like, dude, really? Okay. Yep. But yeah, to your point, he's the best in the game. And yep. for that reason alone, and the longevity at this point, right. I mean, he's yeah. been around my entire life. Yep. Uh, so yeah, no. All right, best. number five for you. Uh, oh, I don't have these. <laughs> Who's my number five? <laughs> I didn't um, order them I on believe... my uh, Word document here. Uh, it was 
Shit. Looks like you had Steve Levy as number five. Yeah, Steve Levy, because I, I, I felt okay, so bad right. we, about leaving him off. Um, I also almost put him on because of that as well. Last week's list, but he did the XFL. He's now doing Monday Night Countdown. Um, he's always doing yep. Levy's Lounge with Barry Melrose. It. Yep. Um, Which I'm just, excited to watch more of. He's one of, Exactly. He's just one of the OGs left in the game, and yep. he's got a lot of versatility, and he really just a brings a calm and just, you know, sort of presence, and he knows what he's doing, and he does it all very well. And, yeah. Versatility one alone. If if a guy can do it all and not be annoying, yeah, like then you're you're good. Mm-hmm. You're good at what you do. That's fair. I do like that one. Uh, my number four, Susie Colbert. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I picked a nice sideline reporter. Or actually, OG sideline reporter. Now she is kind of a host. Um, no, she is a host. I, well, she I took over say. for Stuart Scott on Monday Night Countdown right. when he passed. Yep. And and I re- just remember her being on like ESPN, ESPN football games. Like yep. she was a sideline reporter on ESPN football. I always just had that connection between the video game, the sports world. And I think I really like her in every role she's ever been in, uh, which is saying something because there's a lot of people who jump again, kind of like we were talking about who jump from one thing to another and they're horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, really good. Example of that is uh, is Michelle Beadle. <laughs> like I loved her on Sports Nation. Like she mm-hmm. killed it on Sports Nation for a long time, and now she's jumped around, and I just I can't stand her. Yep. Um. So yeah, Susie made my list there. Okay. Uh, another uh, man of many trades is number four on my list, and that's Reese Davis. Reese was close to my list too. I really like Reese Davis. Yeah. Um. I pretty much everything that I said and we talked about with Steve Levy, uh, additionally he, applicable Swiss to Army yeah exactly. He uh, just he just covered the Euros. He was the studio exactly. host for the Euros, yeah. and I was shocked because when I initially when I think of Reese Davis, I think of college basketball, college basketball, or sorry, college football. Oh, I was going to say uh, it's college football, and so like you expect to hear college football being talked about, but he can he literally can do it all. He did a great job with the Euros. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I was when mm-hmm. I first saw it. I'm like, eh, but he again he did a good job. Uh, one of the guys that ESPN is probably going to lose. <laughs> like most of these people, I, it feels sure like like they're going to leave leave ESPN because ESPN doesn't know how to keep people. Uh, that was your four, right? Yep. All right, uh, three for me, Chris Berman, which I ah. uh, I don't see him so much of an as an anchor now because he he's only on ESPN Plus. Um, but again, he was a host more so. He, he anchored before he became a host. He was host of NFL Live, NFL Countdown, um, or NFL Countdown, not live. Yeah, because he had uh, he had Tom Jackson, yep. and Keyshawn at the later time there, as you can see. Um, I just love his. I love his personality. I love the sounds he makes. I think it's hilarious. No one's me. more original. Yeah, no his one onomatopoeia. His is the, the things the, that he would shout and shriek just and randomly. Like and and it took it took a life of its own. And everybody knows his voice too. So like if you're watching a highlight reel and Chris Berman's voice comes on, like you know who it is. Young Schwamm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been there forever. He's done it. He knows how to do it well. Uh, ESPN kind of cut him back a little bit, which is very surprising to me. Uh, must have been a money thing, uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, but Chris Berman will forever be in my heart. And he's got a legendary video of just roasting and eviscerating the production people, um, either going into or coming out of a TV break. So right. when you got one of those on your resume, you're I golden. Mean, yeah. Well, good. well, yeah. Look at, uh, look at, um, Bill O'Reilly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You instantly become a star. Yep. Um, so I'll save us a little time here. Chris Berman, I had him at number one, at actually. Number one. So there's okay. a little overlap there. Yeah. And I just think. His legacy and everything that he's brought to football and right. again, like he is synonymous with the NFL. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I mean, nobody does. Uh, Scott Van Pelt actually does like a pretty good uh, Berman impersonation, but when you have a lot of people trying to do what you do and uh, 
emulate it and do it very badly. That's, you know, that's a sign of respect. Um, Three, I don't know why he's not on more, and I kind of wish they would utilize him in more facets and on broadcast, not so much just like studio sports center shows. Tim Legler. Tim Legler is by far the best uh, NBA analyst that ESPN has. It's not even close. And what he can do on an iPad, unrivaled, unparalleled. And I just I, I learn so much every single time that he's on the screen. He he's just nails, dude. I I, I yep. don't know. I, I can't praise this guy enough. I just again I just wish that they actually used him more and that he was. I don't know. Yep. He slept on honestly. No so, nobody talks about Tim Legler. Was that your three? Three. Okay, yep. that's right. Because then you're one. Okay. Um, I don't have a ton of opinions on Legler besides the fact. Which is a good thing, I think. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't have opinions on them, it means that they just do their job, they do it well. Um, but I would agree that his his analysis. Well, is, no one's is very kind good. of like usurped him in his role because he's been at ESPN doing what he does for a long time. And usually, I mean, over the course of ten years, you kind of see a little bit of turnover. You right. see um, implementation of some other people, some young bucks. Yep. And he's just he's stayed the course, and he's been there, and he's been a stalwart. And it, yeah, pay attention next time he's on the screen. Right. Good, good call there. Uh, number two here. This is I. I don't think this is gonna go over well. It might. We'll see. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr. Uh, I love uh, I love Mel Kiper Jr. for for multiple reasons. Todd, I, Todd, Todd, Todd. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the longevity is there. The uh, the aggressiveness is there. I love when he and Todd McShay argue. Yep. Um, but that's a hard job. That's a thankless job to be. It's, yeah, it really. Is. In his position, especially because, when he started. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and nowadays, luckily, there's a lot of people who do it, so he's not the only one who's wrong. Um, but that's a hard job to do. Everybody's roasting you con- consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your during the drafts, his top five available are always there. Like, and then all of a sudden, they're there, they're there, they're there. It's like, who is this guy? Is he an idiot? Um, but that's a hard job. I just I enjoy his personality. I think now is he number two? I don't know. This list isn't perfectly yeah, in numerical order, but he's. I think I I just like him a lot. I can respect that. All yeah. right, number two, Mike Breen. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know if there's a better play-by-play person right. in the game right now, yeah. um, let alone within the sport of basketball. All the iconic Definitely moments, basketball. Definitely NBA, the, for sure. All of the best moments from the finals. There yep. were multiple. Um, and he's had them for a while, We'll too. talk about here. Yeah. And, again, longevity. And it's crazy to me that he, it, like, if you're a fan of the Knicks, like, he's your guy. You listen to him. He yeah. does every single game. Yep. And th- – that Isn't that just weird gets too? To be something that's a part of your life as a fan, right? And you know, we were lucky with like Niehaus here in Seattle, mm-hmm. here in Seattle, you know, this side of the country. Uh, it's weird when you think about some of these high-end play-by-play guys who also do double duty for the big exactly. networks, and then you realize, like, wait, there's a fan base who gets to hear this guy every, every single broadcast. How does this – Mike Breen's a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Niaus did too much stuff nationally, but I think he's still obviously well-respected. But uh, just Green is very good. And he just got inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. I, when, you, when, when I'm looking down people to pick, ESPN really doesn't have a great amount of just their own studio – or their own uh, yeah, play-by-play guys. Yeah. Uh, I think Fox has better guys. I think NBC has better guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, or women. Well, they used to have Tariko too, and Tariko right. was Yeah, Tariko was, was, was awesome. Uh, but yeah, they definitely don't have nearly as many as they used to. They lost a lot. All right, my number one, Jay Billis. I thought about putting him on. Yeah, Jay Billis uh, is the best college basketball analyst. Um, he has been doing it a long time. 
He, I think, probably has some of the most followers for somebody who's not named Adam Schefter when it comes to ESPN personalities. He only follows one uh, account on Twitter, which means, you know, he's one of those guys who yeah. just knows he, you know, he has a ton of followers just based purely on his uh, acumen alone. Uh, also, the fact that I interviewed him was also a big reason why. Yeah, I, I figured that probably up. played. Uh, part in but it. he just, um, he just seems to be a good guy. He really likes GU. Uh, and the fact that he was recruited to GU is also pretty funny. So that also moved him up my list. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was actually more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, but I think our picks are actually pretty darn good. Wide I don't think any of our picks are, like, wrong. I don't really either. Yeah. I think we had more problems with the, uh, the anchors. 100%. Than with this one. Uh, might do a worst five next week. Right. Uh, let's quickly talk about Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, he turned down a huge contract, which would have made him the highest paid player and quarterback in the league. Uh, he obviously has a problem with the GM. That's the big issue. Oh, here. you think so? And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. The fact that he didn't take the largest, con- I mean, that's shocking to me. That takes someone who really just has such a disdain and just pissed off attitude towards somebody that he doesn't want to play there, even though he'd be the richest player in NFL history. Right. But the other side of that coin is he's in a position in which he can turn down that kind of money because he's had such a long career and he's right. already made enough money and he already has, you know, all of his endorsements and other, uh, revenue streams in his life coming in and so yeah he's pa- really just letting it be known that this is a personal thing and that he will not or does not want to play for the organization any longer i think he's going to play this year i think that they're going to come to some sort of agreement and he's going to end up getting traded in the offseason next year if that's that the would case, be my prediction however i don't feel confident about that that means Devontae adams will be leaving after this year too which means the packers are going to be terrible in two years yeah, probably. I mean, they do got Blake Bortles. Oh, right, and Jordan Love. Yeah. But then nobody to throw to. Because <laughs> Jordan Love could be a receiver. Oh, hey. Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles tight end. Tight end, yeah. <laughs> ripping cigs. Yeah, so just ripping cigs there at the tight end position. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that because that is fascinating stuff. When I saw that, I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem when he doesn't mm-hmm. take the largest contract in NFL history. Uh, the other interesting NFL news that came out a uh, two day, three days ago is that Peyton and Eli Manning will work on ESPN2 during the Monday night broadcast to also provide a you know a separate broadcast of Monday night football. Uh, they will have former NFL players and celebrities joining them on the broadcast. I guess there's going to be a host during this entire thing, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of bicker at each other. Like I like when they when you see those videos or like the commercials of when them. they act like yeah. they're brothers. I wonder related. if they like actually do bicker like that. Like I'll, Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Like feel, they not? I feel like Peyton Manning growing up being two competitive brothers I feel, operating I, in an industry. Do you think Peyton Manning's a bully to Eli? Probably. I hope do you think so. he like gave him wet willies and titty twisters and things like that? I, this is sports center made it seem as if they do. Right. I love those commercials. Yeah. Um, those but great. I don't know how that's going to work because it's going to take people away from the main broadcast. With I don't either. I, I don't understand what the point of this is. I don't know. I, I'm not against it. I'm actually curious to see what it looks I'll, like. I'll, I'll tune in for sure. And what it may add or potentially detract from yep. the viewing experience of a Monday night football game. Right. And uh, they're more interesting and have more clever and comedic personalities than 95% of pro athletes anyway. So yep. I don't have a problem with that. Yep. I agree. Cool. Uh, Bucks won four straight. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just squeeze this in? The, yeah, B- Bucks the, won four straight after mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they could uh, have even won. I mean, they should have won game two, but uh, Phoenix went. 20 of 40 from three right. points. So, yeah. yeah. The Suns just did not look good. 
For well, a- the Sarvich injury ended up being a huge, yeah. huge problem. And, and I also was going to say Chris Paul, but Chris Paul played really well. Um, he did. Last night. And, I mean, he was being – first of all, I mean, we know he's 36, 37 years old. Yeah. He's got a lot of minutes. He's got a lot of playoff lot minutes. Of he's got a lot of injuries, even just within this singular postseason that right. he's worked through. And he was getting picked up full court for so many of the possessions in yep. the early games of the series by Drew Holiday. And it's like, dude, get the ball out of his hands. Like, it, get the dude a break. But, um, yeah, they just looked like they were a couple guys short, and they didn't have anybody that could create anything if it wasn't coming for Booker or Chris Paul. Right. It's actually kind of interesting here looking at these stats. They're Suns almost had, dead even. They, they are almost dead even. Suns had more assists. Bucks had more rebounds, which is not surprising with Giannis down there. Uh, turnovers were pretty darn even. Field goal percentage was more in the uh, Suns' favor. Um, I mean, the Suns had a lot of better stats over the entire, you know, you look at the free throw percentage, three-point percentage, field goal. I mean, all of that um, with just a couple more turnovers may have been the big difference. I mean, it was a def- it was definitely a very close series, but Giannis really did cement himself, which is saying something because he was taking a lot of flack for most of the season. Uh, even coming into the finals, can Giannis do it? And uh, he answered that with a 50-point performance in game six. Yeah, he did. And this was legendary stuff. This is one of the best, you know, accumulations of a finals performance right. ever. Yep. And he... You know, in almost every game, he had an iconic play. It was, you know, the block of the mm-hmm. alley-oop on Aiden, and then it right. was Drew stealing the ball away from Devin Booker, and then in transition, throwing a risky oop to Giannis, which he was able to, you know, actually throw down while right. simultaneously getting pushed in the back by Chris Paul. Yep. And then he comes out in game six, and they're down, and they're not playing that well, and nobody is there to help him. Drew was shooting like Drew was shot for the majority of the postseason. Right. Obviously, his defense is Drew Holiday had the best plus minus rating out of any single player this entire postseason. Wow. And he did that shooting like in the mid thirties. That's crazy because yeah, he was given a, again, another player who received a lot of flack throughout the entire uh, playoffs essentially. And I think at the end people like, Oh, he did pretty well. Or at least he, he helped people do pretty well. Well, he, he played his role. uh, Right. Very, very well. Um, And there was that one game five where he showed up. But um, Chris Middleton didn't play well in this game either. He did hit a very timely jumper to kind of put the game away at the end after having a pretty baffling uh, turnover just a couple of possessions before that. And Giannis kind of realized, like, he realized, I don't know, I'd say like game two, game three, that he, he figured Aiden out and realized, hey, nobody on this floor can stop me. I'm bigger, stronger, more athletic than anybody else out here. Yeah. Um, I don't want to detract from Giannis because, first of all, there's not a more likable superstar in the NBA. He is the antithesis of what you have a problem with in the NBA. What I also, you know, um, have a problem with is the kind of diva, the Hollywood uh, mentality that is, that most of these players fall into, especially in right. 2021. And he's the exact opposite of that. Oh, yeah. And um, for that reason, and just like his story is an incredible one. And he was just able to bookmark, you know, his... His last name, which nobody could say for the longest time. Yep. People still have a hard time saying it. Um, in history and in finals history, and he already has He's a Hall two Famer. MVPs, a defensive yep. player of the year, a most improved player of the year, now a final championship and a finals MVP. And uh, sorry, not to take anything away from him, but this was a perfect matchup for him all series right. long to really exploit the lack of size yeah. that Phoenix had. And especially considering that Sarge went out, like we had mentioned, yep. they had nobody. They had Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder is not nearly long enough to keep up with Giannis. I mean, so 
it, it was incredible. And it wasn't one of those, it, he got 50 points and it wasn't one of those 2021 50 points where, you know, obviously he did get a lot of fouls called, but that's because he was the aggressor and he was 17 of 19 from the free throw line, mm -hmm. which uh, if he was hitting his average, like he had all postseason, they would have either gone into overtime or lost that game. Right. Um, but he got 50, like the old school way. Yeah. These were not three pointers. These were not. Which is what everyone said the Bucks were going to have a problem with is yeah. that they weren't going to be able to keep up with the Suns because their best player, Giannis, doesn't shoot threes. And when he does, he misses. Exactly. Um, so incredible. And Mike Budenholzer saved his life. And I guess Kevin, Def and Kevin Durant's, you know, extra large feet actually saved the Bucks <laughs> and everybody in that organization. And on the flip side, Chris Paul is never going to get a ring. This was his best chance. It was a really yep. good story all season long and all postseason. And I'm sure it, the Suns will be back in competitive, but just with uh, the parity of the West and you don't know what we still don't know what the offseason is going to hold and what the teams in the West are going to look like going into next season. But it's you can't assume that anybody's ever just going to be back. I think that's right. one of the most foolish things is I just remember watching um, America's game of Super Bowl 40 mm -hmm. and whoever the broadcaster was as Matt Hasselbeck was running into the tunnel. He's like, don't worry, Seattle, you'll be back. And it's like, okay. It's like, but we, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I feel bad for later. Chris Paul. Um, but it was an incredible finals. And it yep. was really nice to showcase two fan bases that are rarely given the spotlight or the limelight and yeah. they were on the biggest stage and they showed out and both both arenas were raucous and crazy awesome and scene. madhouses and it's just kind of nice to see you know smaller market teams give us a quality product after a season of very subpar basketball yep yep no definitely the uh but milwaukee fans did shoot themselves Literally uh, after the game, so don't do that. If we're gonna if we're gonna have fun in the streets and like celebrate, let's not shoot each other. That was uh, that's not a cool thing to we do. We do not condone shooting. Yeah, we do not condone uh, gun violence that is unnecessary. Uh, which <laughs> that <laughs> uh, case in point, yep. I will uh, make it very uh, obvious there. So yep. uh, let's quickly. I'm gonna give away some shock tickets right now. Let's put the phone number on the screen. First caller. <laughs> we're gonna see who's paying attention. Right there. Wow, you're really just throwing it We're out We're going to do first caller, 509-624-2994. First caller gets these tickets. We have a few people watching the show uh, at the moment. Um, whoever calls in gets it. I don't even care. I don't care who it is. Uh, I just want someone to get them. I okay. forgot about them, actually. But do you so. care? No. Just leave it up there. Let's yep, keep yep, going. Yep. Let's go ahead and leave that phone number up there. Again, we'll take first caller. Free shock tickets for this week. Sorry, not this weekend's game. Uh, the previous, sorry, the following weekend's game. get tickets for uh, last week. The 7th. <laughs> Uh, August 7th at the Spokane Arena. Free shock tickets. Phone number 509-624-2994. All right. Real quick. Actually, not not, not real quick. We are moving on to Jeroni. Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't watch Giannis', Giannis video. We're not going to watch okay. it on the show. It's Go okay. watch Giannis order Chick-fil-A. It's awesome. Well worth your time with the, he has the NBA Finals trophy with him and he asked to get free Chick-fil-A. Is going to Chick-fil-A the new going to Disneyland? Almost. Might as well be. Almost. Just Disneyland not on Sundays. sucks. Just not on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, so my jabroni is uh, a Yankee fan through baseball at the back of Alex Vertugo's. Uh, and I think almost, I think it just hit him in the shoulder or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a video of it. We're not going to play it here unless, unless you want to toss it up real quick. Um, we'll just talk right over it. Um, essentially, don't throw stuff at athletes. You know, I we're all there to have a good time. Uh, he's there, obviously. He's not he very happy. Not happy. People are flipping off and yelling. booing this guy. They all know who it is. Pretty obvious which one it is. Uh, Vertugo's not happy. He shouldn't be happy. 
and uh, that fan got a lifetime ban, and probably good. Lifetime MLB ban, by the way, not just from that stadium, not just against the Red Sox, not just as a Yankees fan. He can't get into any MLB stadium for the rest of his life. Sucks to be a jabroni. He's going to save a lot of money on beer. Yeah, really. Geez, the, the, the beer when I went to Coors Field was like $18. It was a big can. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, who's your, who's your jabroni? Um, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. They're all in a pretty shitty situation. Obviously, two of them just won the NBA Finals. One right. of them did not, and they all have to get on a plane to go join the USA team oh, right. in Tokyo. And yep. I just can't imagine that either side yep. wants to go to Tokyo, play in front of no fans, and just abide by all these stringent protocol for the next however many weeks. I mean, if I were Chris Middleton, I'd be blacked out right now and probably for the next week in Milwaukee celebrating it up with the peeps. And if I were Devin Booker, I would just want to lay in Kendall Jenner's bed. So <laughs> that's it. Nice. Classic. Uh, all right. Sports fact of the week. Jerry Reisendorf, who at the time owned both the Chicago Bulls mm -hmm. and the Chicago White Sox, while Michael Jordan was experimenting with baseball, he continued to pay his $4 million salary for basketball. I think I did know that. So he was double dipping, yeah, yeah. which is, I mean, I, I guess I understand because if you didn't and then he was pissed and then he just decided to leave, um, then, you know, that's kind of how it goes. But that's kind of, I mean, it's good for Michael Jordan. Yeah. He did his thing right. All right. Uh, closing time for you. Uh, sick picture of Lamar Jackson's helmet. And you can see on the reflection of the visor, the offensive and defensive line. Um, but basically, now that basketball is over, football season's here. That's how I've segmented the calendar in my head, and that's all my focus See, is going to be. My, going my problem with whoa, this whoa, whoa. is you, he can't even wear that during the game. So, like, when people say, oh, this Lamar Jackson pick is fire. Like, this is such an awesome photo. It's like, well. But that's during the game. It's during warm-ups, it looks like. The well, then it's, then it's That was against the Dolphins. Then it's, you highly could see edited. It. then it's highly edited because you can't have black visors during games. Hmm. You can only have either clear or a very slight tint. Okay, so the Dolphin... Because Cam Chancellor's... Remember, you know Cam yeah. Chancellor's? That was as dark as you can get. And so that was just highly edited. Okay, well, now I'm suspicious, and I wonder how they pulled that off. But it was I a know. sick pick, nevertheless. It is still... I mean, yeah, it's Also, nice it's pick. football season. It is football season. Time. We are uh, almost just over seven weeks away. We're ramping up here. Um, from the first game of the season. Uh, my closing time... Go watch the Richard Sherman video of him. We talked about him last week, of him trying to break into his... Uh, uncle-in-law's house yeah. uh, and go see him do his thing because my closing time, my question to you, yeah, here's the video while we talk about it, actually. Um, that's a guy who you would not want to mess with. Oh, my God. That's actually the police said that, too. They're like, we had to you know, very, be very careful. We know Richard Sherman being 6'4 yeah, exactly. and an NFL football player. Um, but I guess, actually, once they, they ended up taking him down, mm -hmm. um, and then he actually complimented the police officer for his form. <laughs> like he, he was, like, kind of mad when, when they first were, like, taking him down. But then when he was sitting in the police car, he was laughing and saying, like, hey, dude, like, that was a sweet tackle. <laughs> you think that was before or after he told him he was going to kill himself? Probably after. But uh, so my question to you is, as, do you think the Seattle Seahawks should still sign Richard Sherman? If they were given the opportunity. I mean, to be honest, even before this, I don't think they really should have. They got a lot of cornerbacks on the depth chart or on the roster right now. And right. It, there are at least like three to four of them that actually have some decent upside and that I know the organization and uh, the coaching staff actually have, you know, high promise. Or, yep. You know, they like the potential there in that room. And then he's also going to come with a number 
And I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be more troubling than it's worth to try to reinsinuate him into Seattle. I think if he gets the right help, he could provide a certain veteran leadership, but also be a mentor for other NFL players who are probably and most likely going through other similar circumstances. Yeah, I just don't think that he thinks he's at that point in his career yet. He might now. This might be kind we'll of see, a, yeah. a reckoning because this is a, right. it was about as low as you can get. Luckily, he didn't do anything bad. You know, he didn't he didn't hurt anybody else, mm-hmm. which is important in the situation. He just went crazy. Yeah, which uh, we all go crazy a little bit. I don't you know try and break into my uncle in laws. If I lived I in have. Seattle, I would probably I would go be crazy too. I would be mad yep. all the time. It would be terrible. Uh, closing time. Go. Oh, wait, did you already do yours. Uh, yeah. Oh, yours was Mark Jackson. Oh, that's right. Yours wasn't very good. Um, football season's here. <laughs> football season is here. And, uh, you know, we go from Lamar Jackson, nice photo to Richard Sherman trying to break into a house. Yep. <laughs> uh, just the way we like it. Did anyone call? All right, perfect. Lucky okay. done. Uh, not yet. I will throw the phone number I, up again. I now. heard the phone the phone ring. That's weird because there's definitely multiple people watching right now. I called. I will. It's weird. It was a telemarketer <laughs> should I, should and that was call? just weird timing. What did you say? It was a telemarketer and it was just weird timing. Oh, because I was, was going to say. Should we have given them the shock tickets? Them. <laughs> you should have told them they had free shock tickets. They, they could have had them. Uh, well, if nobody calls here, I'm going to, what I'll do, I'll post it on, on the locker room page. If no one calls here in the next about 30 seconds. Okay. Just as, post as, them on the page. As I'm starting okay. to close down the show, if nobody calls, then that's the way it goes. And that's fine. Hurry up. Um, I guess nobody wants to watch Spokane Shock, which is the wrong thing because the Spokane Shock is a lot of fun. And, uh, they actually are competitive, which is nice. I actually had a guy comment. So the, the Shock had 41, just over 4,100 fans last week. Uh, a guy commented from Arizona saying, we're lucky for the Sugar Schools to get more than like 900. <laughs> really? Which is saying something, because, which oh. is also unfortunate because there was already an IFL team that had to hold operations. Uh, so, well, see, we're gaining viewers and nobody's still calling. That's fine. I'll put it on the page. Uh, or if someone calls, if you call at any point while I'm still here before I leave the studio, 509-624-2994 for free Spokane Shock tickets. I will let you have them, and I will announce it on the page. But after that, they will just go on the page. But other than that, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Here in a couple weeks, though, I have a wedding, so we'll have to figure that out oh, together, too. Um, Could we be doing an Andrew solo show, the first of its kind? I might also have a wedding. Well, that's awkward. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. Uh, next week, number 53 of the locker room here on Spokane Talks. Forgot to say we're in the Holly Mason building. Love downtown Spokane. I love the name, the Holly Mason building. I don't yeah, know you what really do. Is, but yeah. I would like, you should look that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see you here again next week. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for watching The Locker Room on Spokane Talks. Check us out on Facebook as well as our other platforms. We want to hear from you. Join the conversation by emailing us at info at spokanetalksonline.com. And for more sports news, opinions, and content, follow Justin and me on Twitter.